thank you for joining us for Talks with Tyler ISD, a podcast where we share with you the successful stories of the students, staff, alumni, and programs within Tyler ISD. And joining me now is Dr. Marty Crawford, Superintendent of Schools. Thank you for coming back. We started off the year and started off this podcast talking to you, and now we're going to kind of loop back around now that the year is coming to a close. Um, wow, what a year. Yeah. You know, if you'd have told me in August that we would have had the feeling that we have right now, um, I'd have been skeptical. But it's been a great year. It's been a challenging and difficult year. Um, academically speaking, I think we did the best we possibly could under the circumstances that we had. But at the same time, you've got to feel good about um, the students and the staff and the the faculty and the parents of Tyler ISD because it's been a – challenging year because of so many influencers um, on how we think and what we do. But here we are. We're in May. The masks are off um, and, and we're at graduation. So very excited about uh, the, the year that we just had. And let's talk about that year. I mean, we did complete it successfully. That's, I mean, we are all just so excited that that could happen and we did it in person. So yeah. that was a big decision right off the bat. One of the largest school districts in the state to say, we're opening our doors on time. The school board backed us to say, Hey, we are not moving our start date. Yeah. From what we can tell, we're the largest school system in the state of Texas to have had our doors open for at school learning from day one. You know, obviously we had um, some virtual opportunities and we still have students on virtual. Um, we, we we're glad we we're able to provide that choice, but you know, we started the school year out 65%, 35% at school versus at home, got it to about 90, 10 by the time we brought all the kids back in November. And I think we're at about 2% um, at the most at home. So yeah, um, we, we felt really good about the protocols that we had in place. Um, we did it, those protocols to make sure we had the single most resource, number one resource we had to have to have school. And that was our teachers. And that was one thing that they were concerned about. A lot of us were concerned about. And so doing that, I appreciate the community buying into that um, grades pre-K through 12, even though none of us liked it, including the superintendent of schools. Right. Uh, but we had to put some personal preferences aside to make sure that we had a successful school year and we had our doors wide open, unlike um, our peers and, and, uh, you know, and, and across the nation, across the country, we, there's right. been some, some shenanigans played, uh, by teacher organizations, teacher unions in regard to trying to come back to school in person. But we've done it in Tyler, Texas. And, um, once again, East Texas was the tip of the spear and the vanguard on how to do things right for kids. And we're very proud to be the largest school system in East Texas that got to do that. And I know that it wasn't just uh, masks that we were up against, COVID protocols, health and safety, redoing a lot of that. We also had weather. I mean, we had snowmageddon. I mean, yeah. you can't make this year any crazier than it already is. Man, um, snowmageddon, COVID, political ideologies. It, it's been a mixture, um, a cocktail of a, of a challenging year in trying to get through this year. And, uh, you know, the media hadn't helped. And so mm -hmm. I'm glad we're able to have this podcast here to where we can actually um, state the truth and, and talk about facts and, instead of uh, fake book uh, where, where there's fake book <laughs> Frida and fake book Freddie out there that right. love to just start stuff up. So um, being able to sit here in front of, uh, of a camera and, and just kind of honestly talk about this stuff is something that's very rewarding because it's been a difficult year. Um, we didn't get hit by, by Snowvid, mm -hmm. uh, Snowmageddon quite as uh, much as other communities did. We were very fortunate in that. For one, our school buildings are very well built, thanks to the taxpayers supporting us on that 
And so we were able to move through that pretty quickly. So it's not as residual as what COVID has been and it hasn't been as constant. So, but that one, one or two weeks in February was pretty difficult. And through all of this, we have, as we've said, managed to focus on our mission, and that is successful student outcomes. We've had a successful year. We've done great in terms of scholarships, graduating students. We are ending on a high note. We really are. We've had a great school year. Um, you know, both of our comprehensive high schools had numerous um, district championships. Uh, we had state qualifiers from both high schools as well. Um, our academic decathlon or our team or ac- our competitive academic teams that we had, um, our debate teams, they're always solid. They had a great year again this year. Our marching bands won sweepstakes again this year and were able to advance. And, um, you know, you go back and you, you really feel good about the things that our students pulled off and the leadership that our staff gave so that we could have a successful school year. Um, because when you look back at it, back at August, you didn't think any things were going to make, but we completed all of our high school athletic seasons and our middle school athletic seasons. We're able to do our elementary UIL academic meet, something we value here as well. We completed all of our middle school athletics and uh, middle school theater programming and everything. So not just the X's and O's of the A's and B's of schooling, um, the academics, but we were truly able to give our students the um, comprehensive and well-rounded experience this year. And, and some of our peers didn't do that. And so I think we're very appreciative of that and recognize that we gave something um, in this very weird time, this this once in 100 years uh, era that we're living in right now. We had a successful school system for uh, uh, operated for our students. Yeah, and I think that's very important because it is a lot of times those extracurriculars that band student or that football player or that theater arts kid, the reason they go to school and want to try on the academic side is because of those extracurriculars. So having that really gets them there and it, it helps, especially with the whole social emotional thing that students have been going through to have these other outlets for them has just been a wonderful thing for us to get through this year. Absolutely. It's a great thing about East Texas. Um, we value things other than the A's and the B's and the C's and the D's. Um, those are important. Don't get me wrong. Those are what we're here for is academic attainment and making sure that we, our students are graduating here successfully, but successful student outcomes looks different in so many ways. It's not just about a standardized test at the end of the year. It is about whether or not that kid had a great experience um, that year as a student and the outcomes are there, you know, district championships, um, individual awards and accolades, scholarship awards, everything that you can think of. We have had a, a year of, of years during a year of years. And so very proud of, uh, uh, of all of our students and all of our staff for making the year the, what it was. Well, speaking of success, there's always, you know, a next step, a, a what's next, so to speak. And I know that's a term that you like to use uh, often here lately of what's next. And there is kind of a what's next that's coming up because we do need to address the fact that we were shut down last spring for several months and then you went into the summer. So there is a gap there, especially among certain populations within our uh, community that that need to be addressed. And you've got a plan for that. Yeah, you know, the thing that makes Tyler great is we, is, is the diversity within our community. You know, socioeconomically, racially, um, ethnically, uh, and there's just a lot of, uh, of different pockets of our community to where we have to be very flexible and agile to address the needs of that bunch. We have a, a very suburban feel in some parts of our community, a very rural feel 
in some parts of our district, um, amid urban and even pockets of urban um, challenges that we have to contend with. And so when you start thinking about that, the, the, the parts of our school system that have higher risk loads um, economically um, with, within their, their pockets of their community, they're going to be affected and impacted more. And so, you know, lightning improvement for Tyler is kind of our lift, is kind of our um, uh, way to address those um, gaps that are probably going to be creeping up on us because of COVID and because the the risk loads in those communities are so evident. But we were already working on that. Um, we've had a good run here. We, we've gone from 11 to 9 to 3 to 2 to 0 to 1 low-performing schools and then these two gap years where we didn't take a test that's, that was actually scored mm-hmm. for accountability purposes – We've had a good run the last seven years. So what is it going to take for us to go from good to great, to go from being a B, solid B, 85 school system to a consistent A-rated school system? And so lightning improvement for Tyler is is going to be what we're, we do, is concentrate on some of the pockets that have um, traditionally struggled uh, as far as teaching and learning goes. And we've got a good plan in place where we're going to dedicate more resources and more attention to those pockets because they deserve it, and it's going to be a benefit for the entire school system if we can lift those students um, as far as accountability goes. And through that, you've kind of created this innovation division that's going to be yeah. focused specifically on some of these areas. What kind of things um, can the community expect to see? Well, if you think about innovation, we've already got some great things in place. Oh, yes. You know, we've got two K-8 model campuses at – Caldwell Arts Academy and Birdwell Dual Language Immersion School that we think are the vanguard of East Texas. Um, you know, it gives, gives our, our community, uh, a choice if you want Spanish immersion or if you want the arts experience all the way, uh, grades K through eight. But there's also innovation that needs to occur in pockets of our community where we're, we've, um, struggled a little bit on the, the teaching and learning side. You know, a zip code should not determine a child's academic performance. We've been saying that. We've been very successful mm-hmm. in doing that under the mantra of tradition will get you beat. Well, it's now time to be innovative about some things that we can do to serve them and try not to get so stuck in the traditional models of schooling that we get the same results. So if you start thinking about the more resources um, that are dedicated there in people, and in programming, um, you're going to start looking at some of the innovative opportunities there, like an extended school day or, or, or more opportunities in the summer for extended learning. Um, you could potentially look in the future at possibly a different type of calendar uh, for more days or maybe different days as we go forward. And then let's not forget about our, our top TIA program, the, the Tyler Optimal Teacher Performance Program uh, as part of the teacher incentive allotment through the state to where – you don't have to leave the classroom and become a superintendent to make a decent salary. Yeah. Um, you know, people in Dallas, Texas are making six figure salaries being a classroom teacher, um, where they're needed the most. And we have that program now here in Tyler, Texas to where someone could potentially make up to 70 or $80,000 a year as a classroom teacher, as opposed to being an assistant principal. So that's exciting that we're going to be able to bring some of those innovative programs to the places that our school system needs it the most. Um, but let's not forget about tradition in other places. There's great things that are going on that we've done well here for years. I've mentioned our bands. I've yes. mentioned our athletic programs, our dual credit and AP performance. We outperform our peers, whether it be private, charter, or public schools across the state of Texas. Um, in 17 of 26 of those AP advanced placement courses, 
And don't forget about our Career Technology Center. That's part yes. of the innovation program as well. And uh, let's also not forget that our graduation rates outperform the region and the state across the ethnicity. So there's some great things that are going on in Tyler that are already innovative. We're just trying to provide a little bit of extra push, a little bit of extra support um, to the kiddos that, that need it the most um, so that we can, um, again, take the school system from good to great. And you did just mention, you know, we have already got great things in place. And what one of the things that's coming up is the Mentoring Alliance Summer Camps, where yeah. we take Tyler ISD teachers and they go and they are able to work with students during the summer to help with that summer slide. Yeah, Rose City Summer Camps, um, you know, bless Kevin East Hart. He's had a, a personal challenge here over the last year, but he is he is such a badger about that and so passionate about his mission. And uh, we're happy to partner with uh, Mentoring Alliance so that we can have our, our summer programming for kids all over the city. Um, certainly at Bolter, we're going to do a little bit different this year because we have identified that side as the area that we're going to be able to to uh, to get some kids scholarshiped in there for the summer camp experience because what we found is is for students that do participate in Rose City summer camps they come back either academically proficient where they're at or actually have grown academically because they've had that summer camp experience there's a lot of of, uh, of engagement there summer camp but when we were kids is just an awesome experience yeah um, but at the same time we provide the academic instruction. Um, for our students that are there. So um, playing a little bit of catch up there, but at the same time providing supports in place to where they can actually grow as a learner. And so the more kids in Tyler that can participate in that, um, the better off we're going to be as a school system, the better off our community is going to be, and, and our kids' hearts are going to be to where they need to be uh, through Mentoring Alliance uh, so that they can become successful and productive young adults by the time they graduate our school system. And another initiative we have that's rolling out this summer is is actually meeting students where they're at with our literacy vests yeah. that we're going to have. And what a cool concept to have. Yeah. You know, there, there's other school systems that have done this around the area, and and we're jumping on there as well. But I think it's 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 part of a bigger question. Um, where can you meet students where they're located, especially in the summer or even after hours? And so it's not only just the, the school bus that you're thinking about. It's also broadband access and Wi-Fi. So those types of things are going to be rolled out into our community. And, and the literacy bus is one of those um, micro initiatives that we're going to have so that we can continue to promote literacy um, away from school. You know, good readers read away from just the academic environment. And it's it's cool to read, and we need to profess that and do these little innovative things, these little cool things for our kids to see that it's not just about the, the, the nine and a half months or ten months you're in school, but the other two to two and a half months, we need to have a book in our hand and making sure that we're, we're actually executing the things that we've learned throughout the year and continue that on through the summer. Well, when it comes to what's next, is there anything else that you want to share that we haven't covered yet so far when we look forward to next year? Because we're already planning for <laughs> next year. We're not waiting until the summer. It's, yeah. it's now. Well, I, I do think in terms of, of the year that we just had and then the protocols that, that we've had to do, um, you know, we didn't, none of us, none of us wanted to have these protocols because it's so foreign to us. Um, but, but we think that the, that the data, and the science is there that we can roll back into the next school year without these things in place. Our school board recently voted to to take the mask off. We had to do that because that was what was in the governor's order um, coming out of that. So in saying that, that was a uh, 
a wise decision by our school system. Um, the administration put it there for them to consider, and we, we, we certainly wanted it done as well. But at the same time, it, it, COVID's still out there. And for those that, that feel um, that, that there's possibly a, um, a reason to wear a mask for, for their own personal safety, we encourage them to do that. And we're going to treat them well and treat them with respect. That's mm-hmm. the worst thing that you can do is treat somebody um, uh, disrespectfully in, in terms of, of, of trying to take care of themselves. And if Absolutely. they if they feel that way, if they believe that way, we're going to respect that, just like we're going to respect those that don't want to wear it you know, right. anymore. So as long as that's afforded to us, we're going to continue to have that. And then we'll also have some other opportunities for learning. You know, we are looking at Blade, uh, blended learning and digital education um, uh, as far as the virtual learning program that we do have. There's some talk in the legislature about um, us being allowed to do that in a more of a long-term way. And we're looking to see if that's feasible for Tyler ISD as well, because we do realize, um, again, we're trying to meet learners where they're going to be successful. And there's pockets, very small pocket of learners that have been successful with that. And we want to see if we can still offer that for them um, in the long term and keep them connected and engaged with Tyler ISD. We've got some great things coming for Tyler ISD here in the near future, but great things already happening for Tyler ISD. Dr. Marty Crawford, Superintendent of Schools, thank you for joining us today. Thank you all. Appreciate it. Absolutely. And thank you all for listening to Talks with Tyler ISD. Be sure to check out this episode and others with Apple Podcast and Spotify. Be sure to share this episode with your family and friends.